following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 and we're in the second half of the show this day. Um, my name is Kathleen Roach-Nagy, hosting you for the next 30 minutes or 26 minutes, inshallah, um, here in the studio. We're doing a live show on domestic abuse. If anybody want to ring in, it is 0121-772-8892. Or if you want to email, the email is studio at Unity fm.net we know that should you, this li- this show is also going out live in Luton so we welcome our Luton listeners to uh, the show also on 105.1 and it's the same number for you to ring into the studio 0121-772-8892 I have with me Heather Abogassam who has just won the Joe Cox Award and that's the Women's Champions Award and uh, mashallah it's a great privilege to have her here in this, on the line talking to us from Wales. She just won the award yesterday and I saw her picture all over the papers this morning mashallah for uh, receiving this award up with great competition and we're privileged to be the first radio to talk to her about this and her, and her work and of course she's, I know her person is a very dedicated person. She um, one of our trainers and mashallah she she takes her work very seriously in helping women mm. and men uh, to uh, help them to, if they are suffering from abuse in, in any way. You're there online, Heather? I am. Oh, great. I, did. I was hoping I hadn't lost you over the break. Um, we were talking about your route. And inshallah, just before we go back into that, uh, about the route of, of, of a phone call or your daily work in a way, but before we go back to that, listeners, if you want to grab a pen and paper or your phone, uh, because Heather will give you the number, if you or if you know of anybody else, it could be a neighbor, a sibling, an auntie, and an uncle that you know of that is suffering and you don't know where they can turn to, we're going to give you the number um, uh, in the show so you'll be able to jot it down and uh, get information, give them the right number, the right contact. Or uh, Heather was telling us about the process about GPs who have been trained up to pick up on domestic abuse also. And she was saying there's 80% of the GPs now here in Birmingham being trained up. So um, that's brilliant news. So, Heather, you were, uh, sorry, I interrupted you there just before the break. We, we, we came quite quickly into a commercial break. Um, can you uh, pick up of where you were? Mm-hmm. So you were saying that maybe you go in the morning time and you pick up the phone call or whatever. That's right, yes. Yeah. So um, uh, having, had, having received the referral, mm-hmm. um, I look for that very important bit of information from the GPs, and they're actually really brilliant. They always do put it down. It's very rare that they don't. Uh, as to whether which is the best way to contact and whether it's safe to do so. Um, so once I've made that initial contact with the, the patient, um, I go through what the service is about and I actually lend a listening ear. That That is so important, that initial first contact when a woman actually, uh, you know, has had that courage to speak up and, and go forward to speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that can be quite daunting. So that it, it's really important that that validation of what she's going through is, is handled in the correct way. Of course, yeah. Um, then I, I go through the processes um, and, and exactly that she needs to know. It is, it's not that every woman who comes forward to any kind of women's aid has to go into refuge and there doesn't have to be this whole, you know, upheaval of, of their lives. It, it is about making them safe. 
mm-hmm. safety planning if they wish to stay in the relationship. Um, obviously, we have to think of the children that, you know, there is safeguarding around that, with, whether it would be with any any area of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also different programs that can be offered to the women, whether it be the Freedom Programme, while they're in relationship, or whether the basics that I do with them on a first appointment is literally looking at um, domestic abuse cycle. And when I go through the cycle with them, or when I use the power and control wheel with, with the women mm-hmm. on the one-to-one appointment, they kind of usually can pick out what they're going through and um, understand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And as I said, that, that first appointment with them, it's a difficult, it's a difficult appointment that it can be, but I try to make that as, as easy as possible for them. And I give them some self-care tips when they leave as well, so that not just the, you know, depending on the, on the situation, not just the safety, but also their personal self-care, because going through things that they've been through and actually hearing their own voice um, and, and, and speaking about it, it can take its toll. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's handled really, really delicately. Good, and I know you're the right person to be able to hand that very delicately need. Uh, and then after that, w- you, when you have the, the safety in place, the planning in place for them and giving them this information, uh, would there be some people that would opt just to stay in the relationship and, and yes. continue? Yes, there are. There are women that, who, that do choose to stay in the relationship. Um, and, you know, Part of that is because it's their process and it's their time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I deliver one of my training sessions, I often get asked, but does, isn't that very disappointing for you? Don't you really feel like, oh, well, all I'm doing all this work and they choose to stay? I say no, because what happens with those women is they, they're educated more on mm-hmm. what, a bit, what, what options there are for them. They have a better understanding. And the more, you know, the more options that are given and the more the more um, hope they have, you know, they know more than they did previously. They know more help that's available. They know where to go if they need it next time. Hmm. And when they're ready in their own time. Mm. And of course, everybody's very different in that and uh, in how they prepare for that and be ready. It's it's difficult. For, I'm sure it's difficult for the women themselves even to to weigh it up. You know, I, I'm protecting myself and my children versus leaving to the unknown. What do I do? Where do I go? Am I? How can I protect myself better in the home? Um, so. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, for women, sorry to interrupt you, Catherine. Yeah. For women, there, the, the biggest thing is, you know, if you look at uh, women, they they have everything that what they're going to leave is a loss, and it's an immediate loss. Whereas mm-hmm. everything they're going to gain is long term. Mm-hmm. So for them, looking at it in a black and white sense, you know, they they'll be losing first before they gain. For an actual fact, underpinning that, which is the most important thing that you know women need to understand, is they gain safety, they gain peace of mind, they gain um, a freedom that maybe they don't have currently, mm-hmm. and they gain that safety that they everybody deserves. Hmm. Yeah, which is a lot indeed that they can gain and that they um, to have, but it is, as you mentioned, it is a long term and, um, and they uh, sometimes the short term where they're put is not 
not the best places and it's very difficult for them. We hear stories of women going into a refuge and then coming home again that night yeah. because yeah. it's not not the most suitable of places, mm-hmm. mm, which is very sad as, as well to, to hear that. Well, it's, it's good that you're able to put in this, this uh, planning, this safety planning for them so they actually have a step-by-step process in place uh, for them to help themselves and to a personal one for themselves. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and and then if they do decide to stay, of course they you have as part of that they have all the numbers and they could at any time go to uh, you know even in night time if the GP is closed they would have the numbers of where to go to. Would that be right? Certainly, yes. Where I work in in Bowzo, um, mm-hmm. we run a twenty four hour helpline mm. and twenty four hour access. To, uh, refuge. So that's man uh, 24 hours uh, by a person? It is. We have a warden who works 24 hours and we have support workers that work there 9 till 5 actually shifts now. They work from 8 until 7 so it's on a rotor. But there's actually they do have wardens that are there 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we have the in-house wardens for that. And I know also within um, Birmingham and Solihull and with all uh, refuges they are there's a fair amount mm. of them that are 24 hour access and mm-hmm. um, so yes it, it, you know there is everything there that's needed and although it could be at that time is a difficult time you know it, as I said it is about the process and you're right Kathleen women do sometimes choose to leave mm. but then again that is their choice but they know the next time that they know where to go and mm. they know where to reach out for help and we do see women coming in and out of refuge Mm. but equally you know for us long term it is about their safety and their safeguarding Mm. it is looking after them indeed Mm. and uh, so i wonder do you have that numbers there um uh, heather to pass out to people for that may be tuned in here in birmingham solihull the west midlands of where to go locally um it's easy to to google women's aid but if you have it that would be great we'd appreciate that Certainly, it's Birmingham and Solihull Women's Aid, mm. and their nine to five number is oh eight oh eight eight hundred double zero two eight, and then we have the twenty four hours national helpline, which is is a, a national England helpline, mm-hmm. and that is oh eight oh eight two thousand. Two four seven, and the way that works is the national help and as it as it says is twenty four hours, and that would link you to a local help and, and where to get it locally. Mm. So that uh, directs you to local. Yes, that's really good. Sorry. The, the other area that um, as well that we we didn't talk about is that that women who have previously experienced um, a domestically abusive or a power control relationship and are out of that relationship now, but then the long-term health care that they can receive uh, receive and the, and the long-term kind of courses that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know here, and I'm sure nationally, there's a, there's a course called the Recovery Toolkit, mm-hmm. and it's based on um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. It's group work for women that have come post-relationship, and um, when I see women go through that, they they start very timid, but they come out there like roaring lions. They're amazing. <laughs> they really grow so well mm. over a 10-week program. It's, it's, it's a fantastic program for them. And that's after they've done the Freedom Program, etc.? Yes, yes, yes. This is post-relationship. Mm. This could be also women who 
uh, killers being because I also see mm-hmm. women who've been uh, been in a domestic abusive relationship several years ago, never had any help, mm-hmm. and come out of that relationship, but are still going to their GPs with depression, anxiety, but never really understanding where that came from. All right, yeah. So rather than them always constantly having antidepressants, the GPs that are trained now they actually start to explore as to whether these women have been in abusive relations previously. And I have actually about eighty percent of women who are actually on and down as having um, severe depression or anxiety and depression. They actually had previous um, domestic abusive relationships, and they come through the recovery toolkit and um, counselling and uh, self-esteem and understanding what they previously gone through. And we are seeing a high increase of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to really, my, my point of making, making that is just to make sure, sure that women understand that it's, you know, it's not just about refuge, it's not just about um, physical abuse. There's so many different aspects and so much help in a variety of different ways out there. And that's really good, actually, to to say, because uh, some of the listeners listening in may know of somebody that's gone through abuse previously and are out of that relationship now. But as you're saying, they're they're suffering still with depression, post uh, um, post traumatic stress. Yes. And from this, uh, going to the GP regularly, taking lots of tablets, medication, things like that, that may not always agree with them. And the underlying cause of it has never been dealt with exactly. and never been thought about uh, and um, you know you c- this could be something that's even gone back 10 years and it's never been dealt over those years yeah I mean my oldest referral lady was 82 wow wow my youngest um, referral was 17 17 so that 82 year old lady was that a previous yeah. experience yes yeah, a, a previous relationship of, of a marriage of over 30 years over and 30 he, years ago? Uh, he, she was in the marriage for over 30 years. Right. Yeah, yeah, and she'd been out of that marriage for 20 years. 20 years. And yeah, still it was affecting her. Yeah, yeah. And she never, she suffered for a whole 20 years not getting help, which we need, this is why we need to have shows like this and people like you on the show raising awareness here because I, you know, there is help out there. Listeners, there is help out there. There is support out there. There it, we want to be able to help you and support you. Indeed. And do ring these numbers or do contact your GP who will be able to help you also. And then your youngest person, you said you were 17, very young. She was 17 year old and um, she came along with her mum and it was the first uh, experience of a relationship that she'd been in Mm -hmm. and um, it it wasn't physical, it was more about power and control and there was this new kind of what they call um, taking uh, personal photographs and then using them on social media to bribe and threaten her. So it's kind of called sexting or something, something around that. Yes, and yeah. Was actually, in an abusive way to try and control her and, and put fear in her. So yeah. that he would doubt that she did this. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll come back talk a bit more about that. We do have a caller uh, calling in on line one. So just hold on, Heather, and we'll get this call indeed, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, caller. Walaikum salam. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. First of all, I'd like to say mubruk to Heather. Mashallah, well done, Heather. It's um, not often that our heroes do things silently, but they don't get recognised. But it's really good to hear when they are recognised and honoured for the hard work they do behind the scenes. So, mashallah, very well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice of you to say so. Thank you. 
I just wanted to know more about the toolkit programs that you're talking about. Now, Marsha Alexander, though, you've got very good GPs in your area who are very well trained mm -hmm. and are quick off the mark to help refer people onto these programs and help mm -hmm. them to get better. But unfortunately, not everywhere is as lucky with GPs. So um, I just want you to know how you get, if you can self-refer or do you have to go to the GP um, and which areas it's available in. I mean, got it available in Wales, it's available in other parts of the country? Certainly, yes, yes. So, yeah, I, 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 gave, I gave it a long list of areas that I have. It's, it's the most recent printed one I, I, I printed up, actually. So within Birmingham, um, you have the areas under the... Over, uh, Birmingham and Solihull CCG. Um, you have Sandwell and you have Dudley. Um, throughout the UK, uh, there's Bath, Bolton, Bristol, um, Bromley... Camden. There's several boroughs within 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 London itself. Um, we have a service as far as down as far as Surrey, um, up north to Manchester. Um, there's also Sandwell, which I believe is not far from yourself, kind of geographically. And um, we're in South Gloucestershire. Um, let me see, Southampton, Tower Hamlets, and Warwickshire. So it's very wide. It's Iris. If, if, if anyone wants to Google Iris, it's I R I S. Um, in capitals with a small I and you can have a look at the website and on there there should be a list of the local areas and the list of your iris workers within your local area so um, following on from our caller uh, I'm just uh, keen so if there was somebody like the last lady you described that was out of a relationship it all happened 20 years ago 30 years ago and um, would the recovery toolkit be useful for them uh, it, it would be independent on the person. I mean, the recovery toolkit was useful for the lady that came through it for us. Mm -hmm. um, she certainly did. Um, she did uh, thrive after it. Um, it was definitely different, uh, challenging generations and ideas of what was acceptable mm -hmm. and what was what was known as old. You know, the different. I don't want to use any of the kind of. Um, derogatory terms that were used about <laughs> domestic abuse but yeah. different ideas of how it was acceptable then to now mm -hmm. um, and yeah it certainly was for her and I, I believe there are recovery toolkits, there are, there are self-esteem courses mm -hmm. all within uh, women's, women's aid within the different area across the country Okay, very good Does that answer your question caller? Is there anything else you'd yeah. like to know? Yeah, no, it was just about the GPs because not often they know about these things mm -hmm. um, prescribing drugs and prescribing yeah. antidepressants and things and, and you know women are not moving on they're just yeah. in that rush and it could be grow up to like you said uh, seven eight nine ten years um, mm. and they're not getting out of the depressive state but programs like this um, that don't use drugs that work with the person themselves are really really good and um, it's good to hear that you can actually self-refer yourself as well Wonderful, yes indeed, yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. hoping that the GPs will be better trained here now, there's 80% of GPs here in, in Birmingham being trained um, up in this so They've got the funding up to 80% of GPs, yeah, they're rolling it out, yes, there's certainly a large amount of GPs already trained, but they are actually rolling up to 80% of GPs to be covered 
in Birmingham area. Yeah. Great. So we're getting, we're trying there, caller. We're trying our best, and there things are changing. Alhamdulillah, GPs are having the training. Their services there, so people are trying their best, and probably it will take time to access everybody, and especially our ethnic minority communities that maybe don't even recognise this as being a domestic abuse situation. Sometimes it's put down to culture. Well, that's the way things were done, and that's the way things that were always done. It happened to my parents. It happened to me. So that's it, you know. And sometimes as well, faith is used manipulatively as well. And mm. actually, it's not the real essence of what faith and, and the belief is, but it's used against, oh. uh, you know, used as a tool, which is very sad to hear often, but that often happens as well. Mm. Yeah, so we, I suppose, have to be sympathetic, a, call, a caller in that. Um, but have you gained some information now that you think you can help others with? I have, yes, mashallah. And the other thing that I want to say thank you, Heather, for is because you mentioned something earlier on in the show about being very um, careful and how you uh, support people. Because if, for example, you've got a, a case worker who's been through this herself, she could actually um, give the wrong advice just through the fact that she's been through so it's like she pushes the patient in the wrong direction when they're not ready to take that action. Just mm-hmm. right. so it's really important yeah. to be impartial. Yes, yes, completely right, yes, totally. And this is something, you know, that when we're delivering the training to the GPs, we tell them that we we don't expect you to do the risk assessment. We don't expect you to be telling them, go home, pack your bags and leave. We don't expect any of that from them. It's it's best left to handle to the the people who are trained and the expertise and and based in the organisation to have those skills and have that knowledge to handle it in the the correct way because the last thing we would ever want to do is put any woman at risk in any way, shape or form. Mm. Which is, is right. Great. Thank you. I, I also have, you have, I have, I have a number, sorry, Kathleen, I found for Luton as well. Is there anyone you said you're covering Luton? Yes, we are. We're covering Luton as well, yes. Okay, we have Luton Women's Aid on 01-582. Mm-hmm. Uh, 01-582. Yes. 87-66-6636. Double six three six. So there you are, Luton. Don't feel left out there that we're talking just about the Birmingham West Midlands. Um, can you just repeat that number again for them? Because I didn't get a chance to write it down myself. Okay. Oh one five eight two. Oh one five eight two. Eight seven. Eight seven. Double six. Six six. Three six. Three six. And that is Luton. And can we repeat the numbers for women's aid here in Birmingham? Because um, we're c- coming within the last t- five, ten minutes of the show so that we can make sure that we have that they have the numbers correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can repeat them again, please, for us, Heather. Sorry about that. No, but no, not at all. No, not at all. It's Birmingham and Solihull Women's Aid mm-hmm. on, and they run from nine till five. They're 0808 or then anyone can contact the 24 Hours National uh, Domestic Youth Helpline in England on 0808 2000 247. We have a different onions here in Wales, but there's no listeners from Wales. Well, we don't know of, indeed, because uh, listeners can actually open um, this online or have maybe downloaded on their app as well. So we don't know if there's people listening in Wales or not, but we have the national number there, indeed, and we know there's people tuned into it. We had a, a caller, thank you, caller, for calling in and getting that information about the recovery toolkit and making that point about um, sometimes people don't understand it or may ask the wrong question 
questions and it's better to go to the professionals if you know of somebody that don't be investigating yourself do go to professionals where they can know what to ask and ask the right questions Definitely. And as I said, you know, just to get the point across, is that there's so much different types of help out there. Mm. So many different types of help in different ways. Mm, indeed. You know, one of the things about this that um, really shocked me when I started researching about domestic abuse um, a few years ago now um, was that, and this really surprised me because I, when we t- we t- do a lot of parenting courses and we talk a lot about pregnancy and pregnancy beyond and building the attachment and the secure attachment and the bonding and all of that, and we think of it as a happy event and bring couples closer together and we're always thinking the positive things you know that's the most forefront of our mind is the positive things but when I read that domestic violence gets worse during pregnancy I was really surprised that it's supposed to be estimated that four to nine in every hundred pregnant women are abused during their pregnancy or soon after birth this this must have shocked you also yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a statistic that is really well known. Um, mm. We've been a similar midwife we're trained to ask that question. Mm. Um, however, what we've found that potentially is happening is because they, they've been brilliant at doing all their work and everything else they're doing, that they, 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 they seem to be asking now, and it becomes almost like a screening, which is what we're trying to avoid. Mm. Um, but definitely um, midwives, um, health is I work with health systems as well. They're all, um, you know, well tuned in to what happens during pregnancy and that also actually when the newborn is in the, in the family household. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they're tuned in. So we're coming up to the final minute of our show. Time goes by very quickly. Is there a final message that you'd like to give in in 30 seconds or so to our listeners? Certainly. You know, there is, as I said, there's different types of help out there. Don't don't be afraid about coming forward. Um, do ask for help in different ways and everywhere. And, and we need to break the silence on this. It needs to be broken and people need the help that is there for them. Mm-hmm. And there's organisations like yourself, there's IRIS, there is Women's Aid, there is GPs. There's lots of different organisations, lots of different types of help out there in different ways. Certainly, different ways, different, different places. So many people doing this work. They just need to reach out and ask for that help, and it is there for them. We're there from. And in the last couple of seconds, I just wanted to thank you for coming on and really give you a precious big hug and congratulations <laughs> for your brilliant work and this l- wonderful award for your achievements. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you.